and welcome back to Ends With Z. I'm Juan Fernandez, along with Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, and our conversation on friendship continues. Hello, you two. Hi. Well, Hello, Juan. Especially among us, whenever it has to do with friends or us getting together, mm-hmm. it seems like it's, we think it's an hour or two, and we end up spending six, seven, eight hours together. <laughs> Lots to talk about. No kidding. And it's a subject that we've learned as we've talked about it. It's just the layers continue to unravel. We're going to be talking about frenemies today. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about friends at work and the relationships that those entail. Right? Because mm-hmm. those are really important. And one of the really interesting things uh, as we went through this, thinking about the, this podcast, mm-hmm. thinking about how we broke down, how we unpacked, like like to say what yep. it means, what friendship means. You're right. We kept finding all these other layers. And, and it took me, I'll tell you, Juan, after the first one, yep. I did spend some time thinking about what kind of friend I am. And, and as I shared with you guys, if I'm yep. too intense, <laughs> if I come at you guys too hard with my love, mm-hmm. uh, like I was this morning spinning oh, around yeah. the kitchen, making you guys uh, uh, breakfast before we jumped into yep. the podcast. And I think it's wonderful, right? And this is what this podcast mm-hmm. is about, to get our listeners to think about mm-hmm. the way things are going in their life. Mm-hmm. It's obviously made us think about the way things are going. I, I will tell you, after that first uh, podcast that we did on friendship, which, of course, we welcome our listeners to to tell listen to think. it, I did think of what type of friend I was. And I also was, was mourning, in a way, uh, mm. a friendship or friendships that I had um, prior to the pandemic, that the pandemic almost separated. Mm-hmm. I was part of a group um, where I was the last one to be welcomed into the group and I was so nervous whether mm-hmm. I'd be accepted by the group and everybody was so terrific. We've traveled the world together. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the pandemic, you know, everybody went into lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the West Side group. There was the East Side group. There was the other, the other part of the group. One of the couples split up and then just the group basically fractured into smaller groups and then kind of reset right and this past weekend i saw a lot of them at a small gathering at somebody's house and it was so great to see them i realized some of them i hadn't seen in three years did the connection come back did you feel you know what it felt all like of them? yeah and it felt like we just hit the mark um once again and oh, good. because of our conversation because when it comes to cocktail talk, I kind of drift. <laughs> you kinda, my mind you drifts a little bit. Tune out, Juan. I yes, kind of tune we know out that about a little you. bit, and I'm watching. To, you know what? What are they serving over there? What's <laughs> coming off the barbecue? And what is the person wearing? Yeah, exactly. And who's doing what? Yeah. I made a point, and I thank you too for that conversation we had. To be present, to be in the uh-huh. moment, mm-hmm. to respond to the questions I was being asked, mm-hmm. and to in turn ask questions myself. Isn't wow, that, that's a new quad. Amazing, Sean. Are you picking yourself wow. off the floor? <laughs> I feel like our work is done. Our no, work is done. A, the Both work the... is ever, ever. It's, it's an ever going process, right? Well, Juanito, I'm really happy yeah. that you did that because you are delightful when you're present. You, I, I hope that the listeners can get a sense of how great your sense of humor is. I think you you missed your calling by not being a stand-up oh, comic because you're you. really well, you're really really funny. I love telling stories, mm-hmm. and you guys you're good at are it. a part of it. Yeah, and and I'll tell you to that point. I had a conversation on a completely different related mm-hmm. topic uh, with our mutual friend Eric who mm. called me to ask my opinion okay. about a legal document. 
but he said, oh, I listened to the podcast on Friends. And he said, I related oh, yeah. to all of it. But the best part about it mm -hmm. is, he said two things. Number one, the best part about it is, he said, I felt like I was sitting at your kitchen table and your dining room table. Oh. <laughs> but I just didn't I just didn't get to talk. <laughs> and I said, well, you really don't ever get to talk when you put the three of us together. Um, but then he said, I was shocked at the fact that Juan couldn't remember the names of some of his friends at that party because oh, yeah. he remembers he that party. He was at the party. He, he said, I, he said, oh, I remember yeah. that party and I remember how important all those people were. He said, so it got me thinking. And so I want to say, I'm so glad we're still all connected because I love oh. you guys. I thought it was really beautiful. And, and it's always great mm -hmm. to see Eric when we do mm -hmm. see him, right, Sean? Yes, that, it is. And that we're connecting, that we're stopping to, to be yeah. mindful. Sean, what well, about you? Well, it's just like Juan said, since the pandemic, I'm trying to think. I've only seen in person a handful of people yeah. that I used to see on a regular basis, either the classes that I used to see them in are no longer there or dance or classes, dance classes yeah. or, um, or the our routines have changed. So I just don't run into the same people that yeah. I used to. And, and like I said, without that connective tissue, yeah. making the effort becomes that even that much harder, especially if you haven't really made that effort outside of the connective tissue prior to mm -hmm. it disappear you know. create different bonds create a different uh, basis for the friendship and why we wanted to to carve off another piece of the types of friendships that are important mm -hmm. and we want to talk about friends at work because statistically we spend uh i think the data sh shows that almost nine years entire years of our life focused at work and when you remove that when you remove that mm -hmm. the force of all being in one location to create a relationship a lot of people found themselves um without that support system mm -hmm. so i think friends at, at work uh, are also really important and so one of the interesting articles that i read as we were doing our research for this mm -hmm. was from harvard business review and who they interviewed was uh, an executive at gallup and we all know we all heard the gallup poll they measure mm -hmm. anything mm -hmm. and everything they sure mm -hmm. and they they talked about uh, the fact that more than 300 million people globally don't have a single friend that they can count on and First of all, that's very sad and it can speak sad. to the loneliness. And mm. then they talk about the fact that a lot of people make friends or, or, or consider part of their important friendship base coming from, from their workforce, from being mm -hmm. at work. And I don't know, what, what is that? I mean, do you guys think about the friends that you made at work? Or do you see them as your friends' friends? Do, you, do they become friends outside of work? Well, for me, I have a very specific way of looking at friends at work. When I um, started working in my business, yeah. I was in Los Angeles, the young one of the younger people mm -hmm. in the office, right? Everybody was 40, married, with children. They lived away from the office, and I lived closer to the office. This is when mm -hmm. you were a reporter. That's yeah. correct. And I just felt that I needed to have a separation between work and my personal life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was so proud, especially during those years that we met at the gym, when people would ask me, you know, what do you do on the weekend? And I tell them the type of friends that I had. And I have um, uh, an executive friend. I have a choreographer friend. I have an accounting friend. Mm -hmm. I have a friend in the music business. Mm -hmm. They were always so surprised because I think a really? lot of people are, are focused on their families and then their work relationships, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's totally understandable but for me and i mentioned this in the last podcast when i came to los angeles 
I wanted a full reset of my life, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to keep that separation. So for me, even today, I have closer friends at work, but I remember um, meeting these people and then realizing I like them, I like talking to them, we have a lot in common, slowly dismantling that wall that I had brought up. Oh. Um, it's still up for some people. You know, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I like to keep management at a distance because, you know, it's, it's, it's just the way, it's a generational thing, right? Maybe yeah. it's, I'm the employee, you're the, the boss, and that's it, applesauce, right? But for my friends um, that I did make it work, it's a small handful, I can count them with one hand, but um, I do en- I do enjoy that aspect, but I still have that that hard programming of, you know, friends are not at work because work is work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but yet we can understand why people make friends at work. It's hard. We've talked if we've talked about anything and if we brought anything to light about what makes good friends work is that it takes work. You have to give of yourself. You have to put mm-hmm. in the time. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine none of us have kids. None of not, we three are not married. But I can only imagine what it must be like to be married and have kids and have a spouse and have a whole life. Yeah. To, to carve out that. sometimes mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's your it's your sanity right to have drinks with yeah. your friends after work mm-hmm. but the busier we get how do you carve out that time so it makes yeah. sense to me that it's the the, the path mm-hmm. of least resistance well I know a lot of the um, women at work who have children and for example have to go trick-or-treating or mm-hmm. take their kids to soccer going to work is actually their rest time it's the time where they can just focus on one <laughs> that thing. tells right. you everything you need to know about yeah. how hard it is mm-hmm. to be a mother so when they need to vent when they need to just talk to somebody it's usually one of their co-workers and, and i get that as well what about you sean i'm more in one's camp mm-hmm. you know i've always had different groups of friends mm-hmm. and for i would kind of keep them mm-hmm. separated for yeah. the most In part. boxes almost, right? Segmented yeah. almost mm-hmm. because that's just, I guess it was the path of least uh, <laughs> resistance. Mm-hmm. And it was just easier for me to keep those relationships the way they needed to be. I don't like to be, I wouldn't want to be too personal with people that I work with. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. So I would be friendly with them and mm-hmm. we'd be friends at work, but, I don't know if I would count them as true friends. Yes, it's you really do need to have companions and friends at work. And I've always had really good friends at work, mm-hmm. you know, um, all throughout my years. But again, like I said, once the, the work environment changed or someone left mm-hmm. or someone went to a different department, the friendship would always change and eventually end. At really no fault of, of anyone. Right. It's just kind of the, the nature of the course of that relationship. Friends are, work are really important. And we are now statistically more inclined to make friends at work mm-hmm. than we are in any other parts of our life, whether it be at school or, or just in our neighborhood. When was the last time any of us? I do talk to my neighbors, but most people don't talk to their neighbors, right. especially in big cities, uh, or I should say particularly in big cities. Most people don't go to church or go to a place of worship, mm-hmm. worship per se. They might make meet them at the gym or whatever social activities. Mm-hmm. But people are still more likely to make friends at work than than any other place. And I think that it's like a captive audience. It is. Right? It's the path of the path of the path of least resistance. resistance. But I think uh, also it is important to make friends because we spend so much time there. Because you go through so many challenges mm-hmm. together in the in the course of your workday that um 
it is it is proven out also that from a business perspective if if i'm the company if i'm the employer i want people to be friendly at work there's been a lot of focus on culture mm-hmm. having a good positive culture which is a great thing but a, a a natural outcrop of that or one that feeds the other is if you have a good culture where people care about each mm-hmm. other and people mm-hmm. really trust and care about each other they will work better together they will create better bonds they will bring more joy and happiness but this to is work. something new right because i don't remember when i first started working no um, it is hearing not. about team building or spending time outside of work i know companies do uh, bowling excursions yes. or they'll right. go meet um after after the work day is done for a quick bite to eat and just some some fun time outside the office but i mean is it all shop talk outside the office too i mean like you're talking about the connective tissue is work sean right, right? i mean is that what we're going to be talking about or are we going to talk about well you talk about whatever you want surface stuff tv yeah. entertainment weather mm-hmm. sports yeah. That's a good point. So when I said no, it is not. I meant no. It this is not something that was really focused on not a long time ago, mm-hmm. or, le- or at least not when we entered the workforce. It is something that has continually developed and is now more important as we uh, most companies, most most countries are living in a, a hybrid work model mm-hmm. still and so the focus is how do we get people back to work and we've talked about this in other podcasts as well from from that perspective but one of the key drivers of getting people back to work back to collaborating together is to have very focused or purpose-driven meetings mm-hmm. uh, where you're there for the business piece but mm-hmm. they also you do things where you're building friendships you're building relationships you're building connection um but to your point juan mm-hmm. it has it cannot be superficial you cannot force human nature doesn't work that way you cannot force mm-hmm. friendships you can't you cannot say okay we're gonna do this it's gonna be fun and we're gonna love each other and it's gonna be great right. people don't human beings yeah. don't react to that well, like i was saying those two people at work that i've kind of gravitated to it was a slow gravitational mm-hmm. pull mm-hmm. but i did find things in them that i found interesting and that allowed me to get closer to them well you built the friendship right over time and once you like you said you let your walls down and you allowed them to see more of yourself mm-hmm. and you saw more of them and you liked it yeah sean said something about how much do you let co-workers uh, know about that's yourself. a tough one because i will tell you um fridays roll around and that's usually the conversation hey what, what are your plans for the weekend mm-hmm. and for the longest time i was able to just get away with no plans, relax. <laughs> While I did have plans. How many, how many right. years did you get away with that, Juan? <laughs> Quite a long time. <laughs> I did, yeah, this, yeah. And then I would usually turn the, the question, what about you? And then people who love to talk about themselves would be happy to tell me their entire uh, weekend schedule, mm-hmm. um, which included, you know, kids and family and, and whatnot, and was very interesting. Little by little, I've started to kind of like... Share more. Share a little bit more, but still... I feel like it's it's somewhat of an edited version. I don't want to I don't want to give show all my cards. You know what? I still Why? like to keep something. I don't know. I just I just do. I don't yeah. know. It's just been the way you want to protect private. yourself. Yeah, and and it doesn't make me a, a, a of course a, a worse or a better coworker. I just you know. What's wrong with just saying I'm relaxing? You know, you and know, um, I think that that is a really tricky thing. Um, yeah. uh, I've been an entrepreneur for such a long time mm-hmm. that it's it's hard for me to talk about about it from the context of being an employee to someone, but I'll talk about it from the context of being a colleague to my team because okay. I, a lot of what I do I do see myself that way. Yes, I have to make the tough decisions because 
it's my job to keep mm-hmm. the lights on and keep mm-hmm. everybody employed. Um, but I do, uh, I do often, um, and because everybody that's on my team, I, I consider them close friends. I do have to think about that. Some people I share more than others, but um, I, I see your point. I am, I believe, a very private person about mm-hmm. my personal life. I am open book with people that are really good friends. I am sure I have overshared a lot with you guys, <laughs> mm-hmm. but for the most part, I I keep my my business pretty buttoned up even to my clients Mm -hmm. and that's a challenge now as we think about the workforce and friends in in the workforce because we live in a world of oversharing we sure do every emotion that you have when you have it and we also live in a world where people get offended very quickly Mm -hmm. and the difference that is important to point out about friends at work unlike Friends that you make, let's say organically outside of work, where the common interests bring you together for other reasons, other than you know your forced cohabitation for so many mm-hmm, hours at mm-hmm. the office, is that you build that relationship and you care about each other, you love each other, you trust each other, so you're more than likely to forgive each other for missteps. Mm-hmm. At work, I think that forgiveness for a misstep or or saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, That's you right. don't, you may not have that foundation. So, um, and it could have more challenging repercussions because if you Uh get mad at your friend you don't have to see them but if you get mad at a friend at work how do you avoid that that play Mm -hmm. into human resources right Mm -hmm. i'd love to have somebody on the podcast who has to handle the new workplace oh their world is a madness now because Mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying we could go out for a drinks i have one too many and i insult you or your wife or your family or or, or you post something and you say something and now that person says to HR I can't work with this guy um mm-hmm. near me because I was offended by what he said I mean it does open up a whole pandora's box that you know that doesn't need to be open that's why a lot of people don't engage that yeah. way yeah. with people at work and that yes because mm-hmm. you have to be more mindful it, it, it is it makes it a better workplace and a better experience let's talk about it from that way this makes it a better experience if your people are friendly and cordial and positive and want to share happy times together and they want to um, bond on what they're working Mm -hmm. on and and collectively believe and deliver on what they're working on but it also it's a slippery slope because uh, you can't you can't get away from your friend if your friend is upset mm-hmm. at you or you're upset at your friend you mm-hmm. don't answer the phone but you can't answer the yeah. call or you can't react to your friend at work and say you know screw yeah. you I'm, I'm not dealing with you and let's just be honest even if we're at work we are all still human so that means what sean meaning we're gonna make mistakes mm-hmm. and we're not always gonna show the best sides mm-hmm. of ourselves or our personalities we're messy we're, we're messy, messy and let's people. just be honest humans people like to gossip and talk about other people is human nature. Uh, it's that part of our socialization. Yeah. So yeah. I just think that um, you have to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. I have a good example of that. Um, when we used to have holiday parties, mm. my um, coworker and I, we would agree to show up at 7 p.m. solo, no dates. She would be my date. I would be her date. <laughs> and we would socialize during the cocktail hour. We'd enjoy the buffet uh, meal that they would provide for <laughs> us. And once the dancing started... We would do the um, call it the Irish exit or the French exit yeah. where you just don't say goodbye to anybody. Yes. You just leave. Sneak out. You just basically sneak out. And we would do that for that very purpose that we know that when there's an open bar, mm-hmm. people would get messy. Yeah. And what would happen on Monday? Sean's absolutely right. The gossip would begin. Yeah. Did you see so-and-so? Did you see how mm-hmm. blasted he got? Did you see this? Did you see that? 
And that's just something I did not want to be part of. Plus, I'm not a drinker. I don't yeah. drink a lot. So that was not of I think I was one of your plus ones at one of those parties. And yes, we made that uh, Irish exit very... <laughs> I think it's called very, an Irish exit. I think so. But if not, we'll call it an Irish <laughs> We still are thinking of the movie from last week. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And I tell um, my nieces when they were younger and they would intern with me, I, I would tell them, uh, once they got out in the professional world and they would go to mm-hmm. conferences or, mm-hmm. or corporate meetings, I would say nothing good happens after 10 o'clock. Well, that's for sure. Or at least nothing that you want people to talk about at the water cooler the next day. And it happens. Yeah. You and, can't avoid it. And back in our day, mm-hmm. when we first started. Back in, the, in our day. Back in our day. <laughs> <laughs> I should stop saying that. So when we started in the professional world, HR, uh, really, there was it was a it was a known thing. No fraternizing mm-hmm. with your employees. You couldn't date. You had to report. You had if to you report. Were married or dating somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some reasons why people should not report up to you that are related. I, that makes sense. But in terms of not dating or not really becoming close friends, that's uh, that's just dumb because mm-hmm. in in the battle between the corporate world and human nature, human nature is always going to win out. Like you said, Sean, people mm-hmm. are people. People are going to gravitate to each mm-hmm. other. People are going to pick on each other and gossip and date. And although that more and more people meet their 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 spouses or their boyfriends oh, yeah. or their whatnot at work because we spend so much time together. I I mean I I I met my ex husband at work because I spent so much time there. Right. Hmm. And you can't. Uh, I mean, you can't blame somebody for that because if you are limited in your outings, you're not a bar person. You're not mm-hmm. an app person. You're not um, going out as much because you're working so much. Things develop in but small circles. That right? brings another layer of complexity. How mm-hmm. do you have a breakup? Exactly. Things when are you're at good work. when the relationship's fine things are and good peaches when are good, peachy, yeah. but once things go bad, that's where the employer has to worry about the lawsuit. So I think that's why they Correct. discourage these types yeah. of relationships because they don't want to be sued or be involved in a lawsuit that really has nothing to do with them but has to do with a personal relationship yeah. between two employees. So being mindful and being uh, very mature about the approach that you take to making friends at at work and, and mm-hmm. how you build those relationships. I think uh, I've talked to people who met each other at work and, and their employer was having a challenge with them dating and they, they, they saw it mm-hmm. as grossly unfair. Mm-hmm. That's who so unfair. see it unfair? The, the couple. The couple did. The, okay. the couple saw it as grossly unfair that the that the organization was saying, well, we're going to have to put you guys in two separate departments. Mm-hmm. And my comment to them, Sean, was just what you said. Think about the other side. I know right now everything is is roses and, and you know, chirping birds. Mm-hmm. And I, God, I hope it continues that way for the two of you. But look at it from the other side and look at it from your side. What if this goes sideways? How are you going to, you're mm-hmm. going to be the one going to mm-hmm. HR saying, you need to put me in a different department right. because I can't stand mm-hmm. to see this person. It's very, very hard. So again, why being, starting off with a relationship with yourself, who you are, what's important to you, what you value and what you bring to the table. If you're coming back to the office in a more meaningful way, um, in building relationships there because those relationships are important. They also nurture you. You have to bring a good level of self-awareness and maturity so that you can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not only be a good friend, be a good friend to yourself first and, and be able to to build relationships that are not mm-hmm. going to come back and 
bite you in the butt. Yeah, right, because friendships can go sideways too. Especially no I, this term that I think was with you guys that I first heard it, frenemies. Oh, yeah. That's right. You every, brought it up last time, yeah, Sean. Every, and <laughs> the minute he said it, I... We knew. <laughs> we knew what it is. We've all had one. We We've all, all have experienced been. I think we all have frenemies in our lives right Mm -hmm. now. That we don't even know about. You you don't, you may know when the, you may question. Mm -hmm. And if you're questioning, they're a friend of (laughs) me. Really? Yes. Well, Sean, you're great because you're like black and white. experience. It's like if you, if you question someone's intentions. intentions, Well, tell me like your gut. Give me an example of what a gut reaction or what a, Mm -hmm. I'm sensing. What a frenemy is. It's hard to to put into words. It's like you like I I can sense a lot of stuff, and I think I got it from my mother. She could meet you one time and tell you if they're a good person or a bad person, or, or kind of tell you how that relationship would really? play out. I don't know how she mm-hmm. did it, but she she can still do it. And I think I got it from her. But I I just it's that feeling. You you we all mm-hmm. know that feeling Our when it sense. happens. We've talked about it too. And mm-hmm. especially when it's a friend and something that's like, wait, that shouldn't oh, that doesn't feel good. Why are they doing and, and you kinda let it go. But those are the things you have to question. Backhanded compliments. Yes. Um, yes. Somebody who tells you you look great in something when they really should tell you that's not for you, right? Mm-hmm. It can be a friend of me. A real friend would tell you, Hey, you've looked better in mm-hmm. in something else or that's just an example. I I have I, I would say that I have a difficult time once I've let you in my circle. Mm-hmm. I have a difficult time exercising you from my life because I I I don't want to give up on someone that I that I love or that I care about. I think I'm because of that, I think I'm better at um if I have any slight question of someone to being very hold them at a hands at an arm's distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can tell you, I have had situations in my life where I realized that the person that was in my life really didn't like me. That's they, a friend of me. Yeah. They wanted to be, <laughs> they wanted to be around me for right. the, their series of reasons, but they didn't, they didn't like me. And the, the nasty stuff that yeah. this person would say about me when I was in around, um, they wanted to be in your fallout zone for, other reasons mm-hmm. but at the root of it didn't like you didn't like me or resented them, me we or frenemies we used to call them succubus succubus, succubus. Oh, wow because they want to suck the light the good out of you vampire friends yeah i yeah you know i used to call them your airbag friends they they only want you around but i think that's something different they only want you around when they have a blow up in their life to to, to hold dump up on you to dump on you to yeah. hold you up to, to hold them, them up to fix them to take care of them and then They'd run off until they had another blowout in their life and they came to you to, to give them good love and friendship. But um, I think, and so why do you think we stay with frenemies? Why why don't we? Or do we put them in a box? Well, there might be something that you, some benefit that you also get mm. from the relationship mm. that you don't want to let go of. So you're willing to, both are on both sides, willing to play this dance. That's what I call it. Mm-hmm. Notice we're both turning to you for this subject, <laughs> Sean. Please inform us. Yeah. <laughs> please please yeah. enlighten us. Yeah. Dr. Well, Sean, I, I please let think, us know. You know, that's, that's how it works. You know, you're willing to kind of um, let things slide up to right. a point, but then there will reach a point where I'll you can't let it pass anymore. I'll cup up to that. I, if I, 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 I believe that there is good in everybody and I can get swept up in that. Mm-hmm. And um, Has it happened recently, <laughs> Cecile? 
Just out of curiosity here? Um, yes. No names, but you no, can... You no know. names. Um, yes, there is someone that uh, I was beginning to get to know, mm-hmm. uh, a woman, and that I see often because of a certain activity that I do a lot of. Okay. And I thought this person was sweet and kind and, and all of that, but come to find out at every opportunity, this person is saying, first of all, taking things out of context that were not even remotely true, mm-hmm. um, that are meaningless yeah. uh, and stupid to say because they're disproven very quickly. Right. And second, they're the kind of person that is always showering you with compliments. Yeah, that's also a telltale sign. Is that? <laughs> And and honestly, that makes me uncomfortable. You, <laughs> you know how you know how I am. If they're really nice to you, they're not. What's the telltale telltale sign of a friend of me? According to Sean, if they're really nice. Yeah. <laughs> they're, well, I think what happened. Well, if you said I'm overly, jo- yes, I'm joking. But but yes, you're right. And it and it was a bit like I had a toothache just after the second yeah. or third time. And it's like enough. And I, I think at some point I said. Yeah. You're very kind, but you don't need to say that. Actually, it makes me a little uncomfortable. It's usually a sign of jealousy. I I yeah. discovered. Oh. I have a friend, similar situation. And what we came up with was the analogy of you put a mirror up to this person's face. Your behavior, the way you treat people, puts a mirror up to their face where they're starting to just basically make an inventory Mm. of their life. In my friend's case, it was always about she was very fit. She always um, would eat the right things and in turn wanted to help this friend of hers who she knew for years mm. get on the right track who was always dealing with you know with weight issues and she wanted to lose weight well every time that my friend approached her with a with a helping hand it was usually bit uh, wow. by the other person and i think what happened was is again um my friend was putting the mirror up to this lady's face and she didn't like what she saw unwittingly right just right. by being herself no, just by being herself and i think that's what you do because you're so open to people you are very welcoming you you take everybody at face value and people do start making an inventory of their life we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast talking about friendships made me think about the mm-hmm. friendships in my life and i think just you being you can turn people off if they're not in the right headspace. And how did you discover she was doing all this? Because another person at at this place said to me, um, first of all, there were a couple of things that somebody came up to me and said, hey, Cecile, um, did you say this and this? And I said, of course not. And then I had to think about it. I said, well, no, where would, why that, would, I, where would that have come from? Um, as someone who's a good friend. And But when I really started piecing the the pieces together, and you know I think about everything, was another woman who's, who is a friend, um, who I, I'm getting to know, and in every interaction that I have with her, I, I care about her more. She's, she's a young woman that's going to do and continue to do phenomenal things in her life. She came to me and said, hey, Cecile, um, I just want you to know that people are saying this this and this and i started laughing sounds and so high school doesn't it it, it does exactly. right and, and i don't i don't plug in mm-hmm. and i said it's ridiculous and she said i i know you or at least i think i know you and i know you wouldn't have said that but i want you to really think about who you're saying these things to that are that are just innocuous because you know i joke around a lot because someone is taking it and purposely trying to use it against mm. you so Tell i started me. thinking about it and i was able to get to the bottom of of the source of that and so I I went to a couple of people who I said has this person said this and this and this to you 
And they said, well, yes, but we discounted because we know you. And so then I had, and then I addressed it with that person because I don't, I spent a lot of time in this place. And you so, cut to the chase. Yes. Wow. Why? Why not? If you're going to, in my That's mind, true. if you're going to have yeah. the balls to say it, yes. then have the balls to say it to my face. You're big enough to say it. You're big enough to suffer the consequences. Yeah. And if you really believe that, then let me dispel you of your misunderstanding. And if you truly, and then maybe we can have a conversation about it. And how did that person receive that information? Well, at first they tried to deny all of it, of but then they said, oh, well, I've, I'm going through a lot in of my course. life. Right. And, you the know, violence. You, just, you just makes it. Yeah. You make it so hard to, you to know, but nice. see, you put again, going back to my mirror analogy, you being you put a mirror up to her face and how unhappy yeah. that person was in their life. Yeah. Why should you be blamed for that? But yeah. it happens. It happens. And and yet, you know, that that doesn't I always want to help people I'm, I'm super committed to mm -hmm. to helping women become stronger and more confident and 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 unapologetic for what they want in right. life and who they want to be in life so i struggle with that because i struggle with standing my ground and speaking my mind uh with being overly empathetic and saying well i i can i can appreciate how hard it is to to grow past our social and upbringing and what it tells us to do. And, and let's make no mistake here. Societally, mm -hmm. and from an entertainment standpoint, and from a social media standpoint, we want women to be catty. We mm -hmm. want That's women right. to be at each other. We want people to bully each other. We the Real want, Housewives. We, exactly. Franchise is all about mm -hmm. that, Exactly. Right? We exalt it, we value it, and we pay people for it. So that is also playing mm. in the back of my mind, is, is how can it be a, a positive point of change versus negativity? So for men, it's about being competitive. For Correct. women, mm -hmm. it's, it's about, about being catty. Yeah, and, and tearing each other apart. And competing with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's all a competition. But at the end, of, yeah, yes. At the end of the day. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I was not standing for what was being said. I give you a lot of credit for that because I think um, a lot of times I get uh, fearful of the confrontation. Luckily, I haven't been in a, in a, no. I, <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I haven't been in a position where I've had to confront somebody about, you know, hearing something that somebody said about me. Um, but I give you a lot of uh, applause for mm -hmm. you to standing well, up for thank yourself. Thank you for that. It, it isn't easy. Nope. And, and I nope. always nope. I, I always want to say it this calmly. And you guys know that the calmer I get, the angrier I am. Um, because I really want I really want to hear out the person and I really want the person to hear my point of view. Mm -hmm. um, so it isn't easy to confront, but you don't know what you stand for unless you stand up for yourself. I think so many people can relate to the story you're you're telling us, Cecile. So where do things end now? So I treat her with uh, politely. Mm -hmm. I say hello. I smile, and I. Did you notice that shift in her too? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you keep her at arm's length? Yes. You're editing what you tell her. It's not that I'm editing what I tell her. Is that I am treating her as I would uh, treat You're the, 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 the person. The <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like I would if I if I were to go to Starbucks uh, and I would see that person every other day. How right. I would treat the person at Starbucks? How are you? How was your weekend? So you're Great. limiting your your interaction and your sharing, which or I'm just treating. I'm not treat, very surface. I'm yeah. not treating her as a friend, and I'm okay saying that. I'm not treating her as a friend. Well, not everybody is a friend, so Correct. they don't. They shouldn't get that courtesy. I think it's important for us also to talk about how we end friendships. I think it's 
it's something I, mm-hmm. like I admit mm-hmm. it's hard for me to do once you're my friend I I'm all in and I take a long time to let go of that and I have to you know squeeze out every morsel of meat and juice in life that has before yeah. it slaps you in the face and says mm-hmm. move on um, but we should be able to end friendships and hopefully we can um, have tools in our toolkit to end them with kindness and remember the friendship that was there in the beginning no? And it's okay if it does fade away. Well, I think most friendships do just fade away mm-hmm. and end mm-hmm. unless there's um, an event that causes it to end. Mm-hmm. But if there's no precipitating event, usually one person will stop calling or mm-hmm. the other person will stop or whoever puts mm-hmm. in the most effort will stop and the friendship will just vanish. And it usually is one person kind of does more of the more heavy the lifting when yes. it comes to friendships. Yeah. And when you say an event, you mean like somebody broke somebody's trust or there was something that just. Yeah. Or some, is insurmountable. some had words or some, you had a fight about something or a disagreement uh, or a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Or some just type over. of yeah. Of event. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't just, you didn't just stop talking to them just by happenstance. You stopped talking to them for a reason. Mm. And so what about a frenemy? I mean, I, I just gave you guys my example. Um, I think those are the easier ones to cut out of your really? life. I mean, you see, you saw this person or still do all the time. In right. some cases where it's a frenemy, you may just cut it cold turkey and, and be okay with it. Right. And just not put yourself in a situation yeah. where you have to see them again and then you don't have to deal with it. And what if they're still part of the circle of friends that you're part of? I think you make the adjustment you did. Mm. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Or you just kind of ignore each other. <laughs> and be okay with not liking yeah. that exactly. person. You we're stand not... on opposite sides of the room, basically, <laughs> which We're not work. programmed to like everybody that we interact with, and we're not going to. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's we need to be okay with that. There's a difference between not being friends and, friend, and super friendly with someone and uh, being rude to someone. Right, you don't have to be friendly to be civil. Yeah, and you don't have to be, be civil. Yeah, and you don't have to be rude to to not be friends with someone. Right. And uh, what a balance act too. Then those people that come to you really interested in your friendship and they shower you with wanting to be friends and you really don't want that. I think we all know someone like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I had a You know sit- what I mean? They come to you, they oh, they, they want to be in your circle. They almost are and, begging to be your um, friend. Yeah, exactly. Definitely know what you mean. And I've been on the other side of someone has said to some other person, Well, why there was someone that we all know mm-hmm. a long time ago. Long or let me let's just say that we were in, in the same social circle. We none of us knew this person well. We we didn't Still let don't. Yeah, we don't mm-hmm. let we didn't let her in. Uh, but she just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and saying a lot of things that were not true. And I remember she finally told someone, and I was very cautious with this person because mm-hmm. to me she exhibited a lot of manipulative, um, woe with me, come passive and take aggressive. care of, passive oh, aggressive. She knew exactly what she was yes, doing. Yes, which I don't not do deal well mm-hmm. with passive aggressive people. You can tell me anything and you then therefore give me the opportunity and the right to tell you how I feel about the okay. things that you said. So, um, it came to to lie to to this other person. She came to me and said, "Hey, this 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 woman is she's so sweet. This poor thing. Mm-hmm. She just she's she just wants to know why you don't like her. Why you're not her friend. She's just upset." And I said, "A, I don't want to be her friend. I don't need to be her friend, and she doesn't need to be my friend." And that sent her over the edge. 
And that right there tells you everything you need to know when someone makes demands of your friendship. Your friendship mm -hmm. is a gift. Mm -hmm. Your friendship is your choice. Indeed. Your willingness to share of your life with someone else is absolutely your decision. Mm -hmm. And the and when you know that about yourself, when you have confidence in who you are and how you want to live your life, then you have far better clarity as to who you let in and, mm -hmm. and the right that you have to right. say, no thanks. And I get it. If you're on the outside looking in and you see the type of relationships that we have and the things that we do, I can see somebody wanting to elbow their way in. But you yeah. have to do it the right way. It cannot be in a man manipulative way because those things are pretty obvious to people that are just mm -hmm. awake and paying attention. I would say that it's anathema to why you want to join that group. If you feel that those people really mm -hmm. care about each other, and they're genuine in the way they love each other and you want that and you want to come at it in a disingenuine way, mm -hmm. then right there you've... Right. You know, I'm sorry, these two pieces, that, that's a square hole, a square peg in a round hole. Right. Uh, and that's why I say that the more clarity you have of who you are and what you want to do and that you give yourself that right and that permission to say, I get to choose my friends in my life like we, I choose the, 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 the romantic partners mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. As we were talking about, in my opinion, especially at this stage of my life, yeah. I want to devote as much if not more time to my friendships who have carried me through my most difficult parts of my life, give them the, the privilege and the honor of my focus and my priority. No, no doubt. And I think the example you just gave, Cecile, is maybe one of those instances where friendship really is an intersection of things happening organically and also of relationships that take work, mm -hmm. right? Yes, and that's why to wrap up the series mm -hmm. on friendship, all things friendship, we are going to have back our favorite and the great friend to the podcast, yep. psychotherapist John Silamparas, who is going to talk to us, take us to the root. What does it mean to be a friend? How do we build good friendships? But more importantly, take it from the standpoint of how do we build a good relationship, mm -hmm. be it a romantic relationship or it be a friendship. Um, so I can't wait for him to to come in and grade us on, on how we've been doing it so far and tell us how to do it better. And, and as always, make us better people for having connected and share our thoughts and, and our life stories together. And that will bring us to the end of another episode of Ends With Z. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please share and tell your friends. You can find out more about us at endswithz.com. For Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a good one because above all else, you matter. Oh,